Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Paul Gallant. Join the conversation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. There is a ball drilled deep to left field. Score four with that one. A grand slam for Jose Abreu. And the Astros lead this game 7-1. A shot to left as the runs keep piling up against the Rangers in this series. The Astros scored 50 runs the last three games. 16, excuse me, they had 50 hits. They scored 39 runs. They had 16 home runs the last three games as they complete a absolutely embarrassing sweep of the Texas Rangers in what I think is the most satisfying series victory that the Astros have had since they joined the American League. If you can think of another, please have at it. Part of me is a little bit too lazy to actually go through all these series because this feels good on a variety of different levels. It's a sweep. It's a sweep against a good team. It's a sweep against a division rival. It's a sweep against a team in the same state as you. It's a team that was talking a little bit of trash earlier this year because they were in first place for much of it. And not only did you overtake them and the Mariners officially for first place in the American League West, at least for now, you did it like this. A series where Mauricio Dubon hit two home runs in the same game. A series where Martin Maldonado hit two home runs in the same game. A series where Jose effing Abreu hit two home runs in the same game. Delicious. Check out the Paul Galant Show podcast if you want to hear the last rights that we gave to the Texas Rangers. We did declare them dead. Now, perhaps we are living in a world that is a little bit like any show that has plot armor where somebody who's dead isn't actually dead. I guess that would be the Dragon Ball Z universe. I don't think anyone actually has ever died, died in DBZ. Goku, Vegeta, Frieza. My God, no one actually dies. If the character's liked enough, guess what? He's coming back. And that could potentially be the Texas Rangers. But I feel pretty comfortable just saying that they're dead right now because it really felt listless. Outside of Marcus Simeon, whenever the camera zoomed in on Bruce Bochy, Max Scherzer, they, they just looked defeated. And, and why wouldn't you? This is going to be really hard for them to bounce back from. They theoretically can. They do have 10 games um, down the stretch. Seven of them are going to be against the Seattle Mariners. They also play the Toronto Blue Jays, so they could potentially play their way back into being a wild card team. But right now, I mean, it looks like there's a good chance that the team that once had the most runs in baseball, the best round differential in baseball, there is a chance that they aren't even going to make the playoffs now. Now, here's what we got to figure out. Because the Astros have been scoring all of these runs on the road, and they haven't been hitting as well at home at home of late. The series against Seattle, the series against the Yankees. How do we keep the offense hitting the way they do on the road? Is it time, Sean Mapes, to perhaps have the Astros players stay in dorms? They don't stay with their wife, their kids, their family. We have them focus on baseball, college style, by making them live 
in mandatory campus housing. There's there's apartments around the ballpark. Yeah. They're not bad. They yeah, look no, nice. they're very nice. They're calling them dorms is honestly insulting. They're they're high high scale hotels. Yeah, I know. I keep do, them on campus. I know, like some college football teams do that. Where even even for home games, they have them in uh, apartments, and then they um, or in, in a hotel room, and then they all get on the team bus and go in the morning uh, to the game. So yeah, I that's that's I'll just say not a bad idea. That that's a pretty good one to keep the road. You know, road mentality. I, I think so. You have to do something. Here. They just play. They play better when they pick their clothes out out of a suitcase. Is what it comes down. To. Maybe, maybe that's what they need. Maybe they all need to carry suitcases with them at all times to the ballpark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Business you could go trip. home after the game. It's a business trip. Every day is a business trip. You're right, Sean. They, they gotta somehow manifest that mentality because, look, uh, trend not legal. It's the cool kids' steroids. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, they call it trend. Oh. It's it's anabolic steroids. It is illegal. I looked it up. Oh. I looked it up for MLB. Play. I was about to ask. Yeah. Oh, wait. It's illegal for the MLB. Yeah. What about for It's illegal in real life, producers? too. Oh. Yeah. Well, listen, listen, Sean. I want to take that trend, too. <laughs> I, I want to beef up my forearms and my calves, as everyone knows. Um, obviously, the, the layup jokes for anyone who's not an Astros fan. Trash cans. But, I mean... They'd never expect it this time, so <laughs> they'd never expect it. Say what you want; it worked. It, it did. It did work. <laughs> Listen, I'm not above it. I don't. I don't care. I rooted for the Patriots growing up. They win all the time. Ends justify the means, baby. Yeah. Manifest destiny. Who's gonna do it? it it's like uh, the end of a few good men. Who's gonna do? Who's gonna defend that wall? You right. need me on that wall. <laughs> We we do the thing. We get our hands dirty so you can keep your hands clean. Exactly. Could use drums instead. The A's have when they had fans going to the stadium. They had a band. Here's what we do. Drums in the video room. But we also hire some Astros fans to just Come into the ballpark with some instruments. And and look, they're going to be terrible at playing it, much like those A's fans were. They had no rhythm. It's it's like they just went to, uh, uh, what's that guitar store called? The, the, uh, the guitar store? I, I guess it's the, yeah, they went to the guitar store. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, just give me something. And they go and they're playing and it sounds like a bunch of like third graders playing a recorder, but in drum form. Maybe we do that. Maybe that's the way because we gotta we gotta find a way to just keep the offense on the road, going at home. It is weird how the Astros are so much better on the road than they are at home. Dorms are the best option. We're not above cheating. We don't care. Got to win two in a row. Who cares? Guitar Center is also the Guitar name. Center. That's what Same I was thing. thinking of. Thank but you. yeah, you could do a thing where see all the fans have drums, but you make it illegal for them to bring in like. I don't know, tambourines or, <laughs> you know, some different type of instrument that goes along with drums. And then you have someone in the video room in the dugout with, you know, the tambourine. So there's a low hum of drums. And then, you know, when it, whatever pitch it is, when you hear the tambourine shake, then that's the, oh, fastball coming. We're we're just spitballing, just spitball, right? We're 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 offering options. We're not telling the Astros to do it, but we wouldn't care if they did it either. 
I, I truly, do, it's amazing how many things I don't care about. I just want to re- let the, the good times roll. I don't care about the trend, to be honest. I don't care about the steroids. I, I, well, no one did, honestly. I love how they're like, oh, well, now we care about the steroids. And, and they still care about it just for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens when it comes to Hall of Fame voting. But everyone else seems to have moved on. We're just looking for ideas to keep the Astros hitting at the pace that they hit on the road at home. That's it. We, we're, we're, we're offering solutions here. We are a brainstorming operation. Twitch, uh, this comes from the Twitch HRWS1W. Maybe bring roadside pieces oh. for the Houston home homestead. Come on, Marwin Gonzalez isn't here anymore. We, we don't need to just fly in all the... All the road floozies. <laughs> Don't do that. No, 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 no. Listen, they're not. They're not going to sit in the live section. They're in, okay. Maybe in right field. No, no, we're not. We're not. Cornitos bar. Listen, the institution of marriage is is sacred. <laughs> sacred? Oh, okay. Except for everybody who's married who complains about it all the time. Especially the people who also have kids who complain about them and then their marriage afterwards. It's sacred. We're not going to besmirch that, okay? Paul Galancho, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. What ideas do you have to keep the Astros hitting the way they do on the road at home, especially with this three-game series against the Padres coming up? Also, up next, we are a pro-Dusty Baker program. A salacious piece from our friend Chandler Rome that came out in The Athletic has lots of Astros fans mad at Dusty when they, in fact, should be patting him on the back. I'll explain why next. First, I got to tell you about my friends at Pendleton Whiskey. Listen, it was pretty awesome watching that Astros Rangers series. I watched the last innings of the game from my pool, and I brought out a nice little glass of Pendleton Whiskey out there to complete the celebration. Pendleton whiskey is really refreshing. It's great. I like to have the original blend on the rock. One rock, get one of those big old rocks, put it out there, swirled around. It's smooth. It's refreshing. It's not too sweet. And it's made to honor the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton whiskey is made with the finest Northern grains. I kind of want some right now. It's problematic to drink this early. Cut with Mount Hood Glacier Water. A whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. It's Pendleton Whiskey. It's true Western tradition and the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Sweet Sassy Molassie. Clever metaphors and catchphrases escape me. Like a fat girl waving her trophy from the smell contest. Sweet Sassy Molassie, I'm trying my best here. to the Paul Gallant Show, coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. As he drills one to left field, he hooks it, and it is a fair ball. Fair ball and gone. Three-run home run, Jose Abreu. The ball just snuck over that corner. A seven-RBI game for Abreu with his second home run of the night. What a beat down. I mean, it's just glorious to see the Astros kick the Rangers' ass these last three games away 
that they have. And once again, I think this is the best regular season victory that the Astros have had. Most satisfying, for sure, since they joined the American League. It's against your now division rival in state, and you kick their ass in every single game. 50 hits, 16 home runs, 39 runs in three games. We did ask the question, how do we keep the Astros' red-hot road offense going at Minute Maid Park? We're game for bad ideas. We're game for actually good ideas. A couple of comments. Go to Minute Maid Park and boo the hell out of them. Bring trash cans. Roll call the visitors. Well, here's the thing. It seemed like that happened last weekend with the Yankees series. It felt like there were way more Yankees fans at that series at Minute Maid Park than there were Astros fans. So I think that's probably the best idea we've had. But clearly that didn't work. So you can't cosplay as road team fans and, and jeer your hometown team. Also, I do think that's poor form. It would be funny, though, just to see a whole bunch of people like dressed up, especially with this series coming up, dressed in San Diego Padres gear. And like the idea that Padres fans have taken over <laughs> Minute Maid Park. Yeah. Like, there's just certain teams, fan bases, or fan. There's just certain teams where it would be funny to like. I don't know if they play Tampa Bay the rest of the year, but the idea that like Rays fans have taken over Minute Maid Park. <laughs> See, that would be funny. <laughs> the, with the Padres fans, it could be interesting because I bet, given the hype for the Padres this year, that are, there were some people who thought, you know what, screw it. This would be a fun weekend series in Houston against the defending world champs. Maybe this is a World Series preview. And the Padres, of course, have been underwhelming. So there might actually be a surprising amount of Padres fans, of which I'm not sure many exist. But I do know that, they have definitely gotten very excited by the team the last couple of years. I, I do think also the Padres, because of Fernando Tatis and like kind of how young and fun they're uh, supposed they're, to be. Yeah. How, well, no, I said young and fun, not good. Uh, <laughs> how young and fun they they are, especially the last couple of years. I I do think they're big among like the the kids in uh, that are, that watch baseball. The kids. Yeah. The the TikToks. The 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 little ones. The that, little ones. I think they like. They like steroid cheater Fernando Tatis. <laughs> Says a lot about no, man, the way the generation's going. Am I right, Paul? Yeah, 100%. It really All does. these kids that grew up watching Fernando Tatis and Lamar Jackson, like Will, like Will Anderson hey, did. Hey, hey, come on. Come on now. <laughs> uh, some more comments as to what we can do to make things better for the Astros, to make it feel like they're on the road at home. Someone had suggested that you bring significant others of a non-married type hashtag side pieces to the game, which I, I say no to come on, respect the sanctity of marriage. I'm okay with male dorms with curfews, male only dorms, but I, I'm, I'm not going to destroy the institution of marriage. And a couple of people texted in. Yeah, there's too many, Floozies at the Hornitos bar already. That's right. I'm going to be there on Friday night. Shout out. Yeah, keeping them away from from the from the from keep the away team. from the players. Listen, yeah. listen. I'm I'm a radio host. I don't want I don't want to compete with any baseball players. Okay, I'm going to lose. You'll be taking those bullets to protect the sanctity of marriage. Yes, thank not you, Sean. For any other reason? Not for any other reason at all. 
another text. Uh, Bray, you can't see the ball because of the Budweiser party deck already. Hey, we don't need any more distractions up there for him. Are you suggesting that Abreu is a Budweiser guy? Tread lightly, my friend. In 2023, that's those theoretically are fighting words. You look like you drink Bud Light. But I guess Bud Heavy is is not yeah. the woke beer. I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess. I, I think it only applies to Bud Light. It also feels like the temperature on that's kind of gone down a little bit. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how much so The price has probably gone down. It's probably the cheapest light beer that there is, I would imagine, at this moment in time, right? Uh, probably. I mean, other than, like, the real the real bad. Like, I don't know, is it is it more expensive than Natty Light? Well, yeah, but that doesn't count. Like, that's yeah, a, I, I was going to say, like, the, that's not there, there's beer. a certain level, like, below it. That's... I am I'm going to college and don't have money beer. No offense to anybody who maybe partakes in the Natty Light or Keystone Light. Like this is legitimately straight up for college kids. Uh another texter says no sex on the homestands. Celibacy? Okay, that that could theoretically work. That's interesting and helps preserve the sanctity of marriage. Yeah, and, and that way they won't have weak legs. Yeah. Okay, you know what? I'm in. I'm in. Dorms? Curfews? No sex. Okay, so you want them to be like a freshman at Notre Dame? Freshman at BYU. Freshman at BYU. No, 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 they can drink. Let them drink. Catholics at the very least can, you know, look the other way for this. Yeah, yeah, but the rules are. This is more, it's, it's maybe closer to Baylor. (laughs) Not quite BYU because you're right. We, we would never do that at Baylor. We have high standards for ourselves. Even though we went to a private school that doesn't really do a whole lot and paid way too much for it and then insert ourselves into conversations about Alabama football. We don't do the sex at Baylor. Maybe that's why, uh, I mean, they they did lose to Texas State last week. <laughs> Maybe they could use a little bit more fun. It's, it's <laughs> pathetic. Someone said that Kid Rock's drinking Bud Light again. Okay, I did see. I did see that picture. Damn, I thought he shot it up. Yeah, that, that's why I think that no one cares anymore. Okay. Well, the Astros did sweep the Rangers. Uh, someone is doing a wellness check on Tab, our friend. Uh, we do hope Tab as well. I like Tab. Don't be mean to Tab. Tab's a good dude. No, Tab. He's a good sport. Tab. Came, this is hard for Tab even. Yeah, he he showed up. He showed up when they're when they're riding high, and I lost a little bit of respect for him. And then he did show up when things were starting to fall. You know, shake were Correct. shaky a little bit. And he was honest a couple weeks ago. Yes, and he was honest. He gave an honest assessment. I'm willing to give him one day of mourning. I am too. He can call in tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow's I, a light day. I expect a call. I, I, Tab, we we love you because you you are a good sport. We expect you to call tomorrow. We want to know that you're okay first off, but we also want to get high off your misery. Yes, oh, I mean we want to drink the tears. So we we want we want to lick the sweet tears of unfathomable. Sadness. Unfathomable sadness. Said it right the second time. Uh, a text on, from the 832. Why is Dusty racist to Chaz? We've been kicking the can down the road. And we're going to kick it down the road a little bit further. I know that some of you guys are frustrated that Chaz McCormick isn't playing that much. But honestly, I kind of get it. Hashtag thank you, Dusty. Hashtag team Dusty. It's the Paul Galancho ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. First, though, let me tell you about my friends at mybookie.ag. Listen, I'm not a gambling expert, but 
I've been giving out a lot of winners of late. Okay. I'm I'm not five star with, with the show Friday at seven o'clock, which you should check out right here on ESPN 97.5. But at mybookie.ag, I've actually been making a little bit of money of late. Knocking on wood, but they offer an awesome sign-up bonus. You deposit some money, enter promo code BET975. When you sign up with mybookie.ag, you're going to get a bonus. You're going to get more money to play with. And I got another good play for you tonight. I'm not so crazy to pick the Lions to cover a four-and-a-half-point spread on the road as the Chiefs hang another Super Bowl banner. But the over-under for this game is 53-and-a-half. You got to take the over on this. You got to take the over on this. The Lions offense is underrated. I didn't even know that last year in some fantasy football leagues, Jared Goff had the 10th most points in the league. Isn't that insane? That's because the Lions offense is actually pretty good. Even without a DeAndre Swift, they just brought in Jameer Gibbs. Amon Ross St. Brown. There's no Chris Jones potentially for the Chiefs tonight. Uh, yeah, there's no Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs as well, but the Chiefs can run the football. Uh, 53 and a half seems like a low number for two teams that I think are both capable of scoring 30 points in this one. I think we're in for a barn burner. Maybe not quite like the last Jared Goff-Patrick Mahomes battle, but over 53 and a half at mybookie.ag. You enter promo code BET975. Guys, mybookie.ag is the place that you want to be for football season gambling on the old pigskin. Bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Again, it's mybookie.ag, promo code BET975. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, the best sports radio station in Houston. I've got to prove that I'm the best, and I'm racing no matter what you tell me. Back to the Veritex Community Bank Studios and your favorite 10 to noon sports talk host, Paul Gallant. Give him hell, Paulie. Keenan also 2020. Chaz in his first at bat. He's looking to go yard. Back to back jacks. Abreu and Chaz. And it's a 12 to 3 game. How about Chaz off the bench hitting home run number 20 to match his number? The most interactive sports talk show in Houston. Astros took down the Texas Rangers 12-3 to complete a absolute massacre of a sweep. Man, I did not think that they would be able to do this three games in a row. But now I guess you just expect the Astros to keep on doing what they're doing on the road. We'll see if they're able to bring it home with this series against the San Diego Padres starting on Friday. I will be out there, out and about. Maybe I'll do a little man on the street, especially in the wake of this article by... Chandler Rome, who I like. Before we give you the details as to why Chaz McCormick might not be playing as much as we all want to see him playing, let me say this. If a Chandler Rome article triggers you, you're soft. If you're an Astros fan, nothing should trigger you at this point. Nothing. Every single team in sports 
has drama in some way, shape, or form going on behind the scenes. Even if they seem to have a great clubhouse, a leader that the clubhouse likes, across sports, it's always happening. Sometimes it never sees the light of day. For the most part with the Astros, that's been the case. Sometimes it does. And it was a matter of time before something came out this year, a feature piece that gives us at least a little bit more insight as to why the lineup's been going the way it's been going. There's been a lot of people criticizing Dusty Baker's lineups all year long. I don't have the energy to do it, but I'm not a diehard baseball fan. I do think that Dusty made some questionable questionable decisions during last year's regular season, and then in last year's postseason, he was lights out. So I don't really care about the regular season decisions, especially because I assume that they are linked to the future postseason decisions. But an article in The Athletic written by Chandler Rome is about the reason McCormick, Chaz McCormick, who you heard hitting a home run there, might not be playing as much. Chandler, who is great, starts this article off by saying uh, a quote by Dusty Baker. It's easy if you got a Julio Rodriguez. You just put him out in center field. Chaz McCormick entered Wednesday with an OPS 50 points higher than Julio Rodriguez. (laughs) Yet nothing about McCormick's playing time this season suggests that McCormick is appreciated on a level his statistics should indicate. Six Astros have had more plate appearances than him this year. Seven have appeared in more games. His sporadic playing time is a constant source of frustration for some within the organization who spoke on background because they were not authorized to speak publicly. The reason? It seems like it's Chaz McCormick's weight, at least in the eyes of some. Chaz McCormick? Per Dusty Baker... Might be a bit of a fatty boom batty. He's listed at six foot two hundred and eight pounds on pro baseball reference. But he acknowledged in this article he's playing at two hundred and twenty pounds. That's a little hefty for a six foot tall person. McCormick doesn't exactly look yoked. So this article continues. Chandler asked. Chaz McCormick about his relationship with Dusty Baker and not exactly the best endorsement of Baker. When you get this for an answer quote right now, we're okay. It's really all about winning each game here on out with no distractions. We're good. Now let's throw Dusty Baker into the equation. So I guess Dusty Baker has taken issue at some point this year with Chaz McCormick's weight. Is it recent? Is it something that took place a while ago? Honestly, I do not know the answer to it. Sometimes speculation by others who are not in the know is based off of a hunch or based off of something that might not be the case anymore. When asked yesterday if McCormick's weight is a concern for him, Baker said, quote, no. Why would you even ask that? He continued saying, that's something you're always aware of, you know what I mean. As long as it doesn't affect your performance, it's not really that much 
of a concern. Now, does that mean that's not something going through Dusty Baker's mind? But here's, I I think, the reason that this story became a story. Because Chaz McCormick even acknowledged it. When Chaz McCormick went on his injured list stint at the beginning of the year, before coming back in May, he said that he gained weight. And I bet that when he first came back, as any coach would probably be, seeing that he's not in the shape that he was in before, I think that would be a cause for concern. Now, baseball is one of those weird sports where the body type really does not affect you that much in a way where it does in basketball, James Harden, in football. Football, you don't need to be yoked, but it does help. Basketball, you got to be in the best shape you possibly can be in. It's a very demanding sport with all the running up and down the court that you do. But to bring it back to Dusty Baker and Chaz McCormick, I actually kind of like that Dusty Baker saw Chaz McCormick come back from the injured list. Guy who had potentially uh, won the World Series for you or been a large part of winning the World Series for you. Saw that he wasn't in the best shape and might have taken issue with it. And I bet that's where this all comes from. And I bet those people that Chandler Rome spoke with, I bet those people are thinking about that moment in time where maybe there was some frustration expressed about McCormick returning from the injured list at the weight that he was at. And thinking to themselves, oh man, well maybe he's still mad about the weight. He's playing at a bulkier weight this year. He is having this best season of his career, picking backing off of these playoffs, and it's not like he's not playing a lot. He's played in 43 of the last 50 games. So this might be an article that was written about things happening in the past. I haven't talked with Chandler about it. I would actually be curious to know a little bit more on that front. And I don't think this is a bad article like some of you sensitive babies get about anything that is remotely critical of the Astros. This is what happens when you are in the midst of a dynasty run. There are going to be stories that come out from time to time about the drama in the clubhouse. It is interesting that Chaz McCormick does not play every night. It is interesting that Yiner Diaz does not play every single night. I'm not going to get mad at Dusty Baker every night for it, but I understand those people who do get mad about it. And We all want to know the answer to it. This might be a reason as to why Chaz McCormick hasn't played as much in totality this season. But it also is not a indication that what Dusty Baker is doing is wrong. That's the other part of it. Now, I joked last night, Chaz McCormick with a little load management. Look at that. He hits a home run. It is possible that the way Dusty Baker has been handling the lineup is actually advantageous for guys like Chaz McCormick and Yiner Diaz, just as much as it is possible that it is holding the Astros' offense back. I think you have to be a little bit open to both here if we're taking a look at this article. So that's where I'm at. I, I think it's an interesting piece. I think it is fair that these people in the organization who were speaking on condition of uh, anonymity, I think that it's very possible that that's what they believe was the reason for Chaz McCormick maybe not playing as much at first. But of late, has he not played a lot? It is tricky now that Michael Brantley is back. It just, it, there's there's a lot, and Sean's nodding his head right now, and I'm, I'm sure you had some similar thoughts on that. Yeah, that to me is where I, I think, because like you mentioned, McCormick had played a lot the last 50 games. But now that Brantley is coming in, it just adds another bet that I can understand why if Dusty is having these hangups with uh, McCormick or just like minor little, uh, you know, would like him to maybe be like 10 pounds lighter issues, then I can see why 
that gives him basically an excuse to not uh, to leave him out of the lineup. You know? Yeah, I I can see how this, even though in the very recent past it's not an issue, how going forward, how you know things are things have changed. There's an extra bat available for Dusty, a, a very good bat, a bat that's come in and hasn't skipped a beat since he's been out for 13 months. I can see how this might be this might be an article that we look back on if McCormick doesn't play, you know, if he only plays two or three games in a series in an ALCS series or something. It's something that we can look back on and say like, "Oh, the kind of seeds were there." They were there. But we also have to get to the postseason, Sean. And in the postseason, there is a good chance that Dusty Baker continues to ride with Chaz McCormick. What is really tricky right now is that in Michael Brantley, you have a guy that just gives you a lot more outfield depth. And here's the thing. He's playing well. I did not think that we would get this version of Michael Brantley when he came back into the lineup. I did not. But he's been awesome since he's been back. Chaz McCormick has been awesome. Mauricio Dubon has been awesome. Like really, the only Astros outfielder that's not doing anything is Jake Myers. And I guess Kyle Tucker, who's been your MVP in yeah. this series against the Rangers. So that's tricky. And on top of that, okay, the Martin Maldonado versus Yiner Diaz stuff. It's tricky to me. It is. And there is an option where you could put Yiner Diaz a little bit more at first base. And maybe all of these things happen in the postseason. But I, I don't think there's anything worth really fretting about when it comes to the Astros lineup other than they have so much depth, and that's good, especially considering where the offense has been for the last three games. So some people are going to be salty about this article. I think a couple of people in the Twitch said it's because there seems to be a personal beef between Chandler Rome and Dusty Baker. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Honestly, I can't speak to that. All I can speak to is that those who cover the team every single day probably do get annoyed seeing as much Martin Maldonado as they do, and at least until this series against the Rangers, as much Jose Abreu as they do. Yeah, because for guys in the organization, you know, front office types, scouts, all that, they see they see the same numbers that we're looking at. They probably even see more numbers that, that uh, we don't see. And I understand if we, just sitting on our couches at night, are frustrated or you know on our phones when we see the Astros lineup tweet go out and Jeremy Branham ask what's wrong with Dusty's lineup if we have hang-ups and if we have issues with the lineup I imagine the people that work for the Astros yes. would also have have issues with it this to me like you mentioned like there's always going to be some sort of uh, locker rooms clubhouses aren't always going to be 100% harmonious even at the top and I say especially at the top they're not going to be completely harmonious and this to me like I don't see any issues with this this doesn't make me feel worse about the Astros going into the stretch run or going into the yeah. postseason I just think it's an interesting article that Chandler did a good job on I agree I agree totally agree there uh, a couple of comments here uh, apparently he Dusty also thinks Chaz could do a bit more load management. Wink, wink, and hit. Eric, the driver, texting that one in. Uh, you can still run Maldi's fat ass out there every single night. Hey, it ain't the weight. Uh, look, if it's an issue in the postseason, I will address it. I don't think it's an issue right now, but as Sean just said, I, I think it's an interesting article. And I kind of like that Dusty Baker, at least with some fatty boom baddies, is thinking to himself, hey, you could you could lose a pound or two. We all could. Paul Galan Show, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Speaking of fatty boom baddies, we got a fun James Harden story to get to before we hit the road. 
My God, this guy is so predictable. Stick around. ESPN 97.5, the only Houston sports station with a bidet. The bidet, there's a sturdiness to it. It can accommodate a fairly heavy carriage. Back to the Paul Gallant Show, coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Gotta say, some of you Astros fans, you're way too soft. King of all Twitches, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5 comments, Chandler wants to start a fire, not with the team needs. You think a beat writer wants to blow up a World Series run with a story about fat shaming? Listen, anyone who covers a professional sports team, you want that team to do well because if you're covering that team at the time of it doing well, you're going to be a go-to expert on that team from here on out. You can write books, etc., etc., There's no way that Chandler Rome is rooting for this Astros season to fail or trying to cause it to fail by writing an article that is giving an answer, at least some sort of answer, to a question a lot of people have. You guys got to stop being sensitive. It's unbecoming. Yeah, like like you mentioned, there's no... There's no benefit, like ulterior motive benefit for yeah. a beat, any beat writer, anyone that covers it, for us to to uh, try to derail a championship run. I mean, like, I, I guess the easy ex- example is look at all the Boston sports media figures that are huge now. The Dave Portnoy's, the uh, Bill Simmons, Ryan Rosillo's, uh, on and on and on. Chris yes. Mannix, on and on and on. And... All of these guys got their start weird in Boston. Weird around the early two thousands when they won every championship for a couple of years. Field it's, Yates. <laughs> it's it's a long list. Everyone wants the team that they cover to succeed. You get more eyeball. Like Chandler will get more eyeballs on how the Astros won their second straight World Series. He'll get more eyeballs on that article than he will on the Chaz McCormick might be fat Correct. article. Correct. It's, it is, now these pieces are interesting and a lot of people are asking this question too. It's about damn time we have something about it, right? We haven't had it. We finally got it. People are like, he's trying to get clicks. Yeah, that, you know what? You know, something that triggers me, something that gets said about us talking heads in this industry is that, oh, you're doing it for ratings. Yeah, I want to keep my job. Are you effing kidding me? I'm trying to be an entertaining show and get as many eyeballs, ear holes, whatever, as I possibly can. Yeah, that's the nature of the job. That is how it goes. No duh. Anything that is posted as content, it is an attempt by us to get clicks. But... Is this supposed to demean the people that do it? Like, oh, wow, you cracked the code. Everyone wants to know the answer to this. So, yes, 
It's about clicks. Also, look in the Jesus. mirror. Also, look in the mirror. It freaking works. It does. <laughs> look at look at look at undisputed. It does. Look at first take. It is the lowest common denominator of entertainment. Sports entertainment. Entertainment <laughs> is the lowest common denominator. And guess what? It works. Okay. <laughs> it works. You're not as smart as you think. King of all churches says we apologize for harming one of your frat bros. Chandler does have very much a frat bro haircut. It's good I, hair. I mean, he, it's good hair. He went to he went to LSU, right? Yeah, he's, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a, he has a very I, I'm a white guy at an SEC school haircut. He does. I could see him wearing a <laughs> suit vineyard, to a football game. Vineyard vines, one hundred percent. I I I don't get though like the, this constant like oh he's trying to he's trying to break up the Astros he's not Yoko Ono Jesus he's a, he's a he's a beat writer also if an article on the Athletic breaks up the Astros guess what <laughs> they're gonna get broken <laughs> exactly. up no matter what yeah they'll be broken up no matter what my God anyway uh, speaking of uh, articles by the way I had to I had to call ESPN customer support today so that my ESPN Insider account could work and I could actually read this article. But let's start garbage time by talking about uh, another fatty boom fatty, James Harden. And I'm actually going to defend him here. I'm only happy when it's garbage. And then I start eating garbage. If there's one guy up here who knows about total garbage, garbage. it's this guy. It's garbage time with Paul Gallant. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. On brand with Doc Rivers now, part of the ESPN broadcast team, ESPN revealed more stories about James Harden's time in Philadelphia. I am sure that all of these stories came straight from Doc Rivers to Ramona Shelbourne. One, James Harden pouted about not making the All-Star game. Then when he was added as an injury alternate, took too long to respond to Adam Silver, who eventually replaced him with Pascal Siakam. Harden also screwed up the end of the Rockets game that was in early December. You might have remembered it where he shot like one for 20 from the field, but Joel Embiid had something like 50 points. Felt like he was unstoppable. At the end of the game, Harden, who was definitely playing hero ball in front of a fan base that obviously doesn't care for him the same way that it used to, he was trying to, I think, show off a little bit. Guess what? Clank, clank, clank. He got yelled at by Rivers and other teammates afterwards for not giving the ball to Embiid. And then there's another story about how on February 27th, after Philly lost to the Heat and had lost to the Celtics the game before, that Harden flew separately from the team to go to Miami so he could go out partying. All of these stories are a bad look for James Harden. But I'm going to offer a devil's advocate defense. Because this stuff with Harden goes all the way back to the first NBA Finals that Harden was in against the Miami Heat, 2012. I don't think we have time to play this clip of audio, but Kendrick Perkins talks about how James Harden went out on the town in Miami and he was just absolutely terrible throughout those Finals. So this has been going on since then. Why has no one publicly called Harden out? Instead, enabling him in all of this time since. That happens in the 2012 NBA Finals. A young player does that, and obviously he went to Houston right after those finals were done. Something like that happens. Why did no one call him out then? 
Why are all the public callouts, Kevin McHale, Ramona Shelbourne through Doc Rivers, why do they all happen after the fact? I get keeping things in-house, but this is me actually defending James Harden in a way. No one ever told him no. And if anyone had told him no, or if anyone had shamed him publicly, is it possible that he actually would have achieved his potential? Because we all know he's talented and he's been one of the best scorers in recent NBA history. But what if somebody had actually publicly said, this guy needs to effing stop? Well, what he, happens? He never played for a team that Chandler Rome covered, so you never get the inside dirt while it's happening. And on that note, Sean Mapes, we wrap up the show. Well done. Nice little spike to end this show. Josh Beard and the Who are up next. Have yourselves a wonderful Thursday. So long. Farewell. You'll hear us tomorrow at 10. Peace! ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, home of the Norwegian Blue. This parrot is no more.